Welcome to Limitless, the Blind Beginnings podcast where seeing things differently inspires limitless possibilities. The Limitless podcast was created in order to inform, educate, entertain, and share stories from within the blind and partially sighted community that show that the opportunities for those who are blind or partially sighted are truly limitless. And now, it is my pleasure to introduce you to your host, the founder of Blind Beginnings, Sean Marcelet. Welcome back to Limitless, the Blind Beginnings podcast. I'm your host, Sean Marcelet. Thank you for joining us again today. We have an awesome show for you, uh, but I'm not going to give away the goods. I'm going to introduce my co-host, Keisha. Welcome back, Keisha. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. It's great to be here again. I'm excited because you have sought out this guest, this topic, um, and, and you have a plan for this conversation. So why don't you tell our listeners who we're talking to today and introduce our guest? All right. So today uh, we have, uh, as Sean said, uh, um, a really very, very cool guest. Um, his name is Dan Mancina, and he is a skateboarder <laughs> who also happens to be visually impaired. And so I was really excited about this because I read an article about you <laughs> and I was like, wow, that's super wicked cool. Um, I have some friends who like to skate and uh, I just, I think it's the coolest thing. Um, I would love to, <laughs> I'd love to try it, but I'm always quite scared to do it. I've stepped on a skateboard and rolled a few inches and promptly got quite frightened. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I would love to, I would love to introduce you to everyone. Awesome. Yeah. Surprise. It's me. Yep. Hi. <laughs> yeah. So can you tell, can you explain a bit more about, uh, like, uh, your, your vision and your skating kind of startup? Yeah. I've been skating a long time since rolling around since I was about seven. Um, you know, really got into it when I was around 13 is when I kind of really fell in love with it. Had a group of friends I linked up with and uh, <clears throat> that's when it kind of took over my life. <laughs> but I was diagnosed with a, a hereditary disease, RP or retinitis pigmentosa when I was 13. That didn't really affect me though till later in my life. So I just kind of lived life very carefree as a kid and just skateboarded my whole life and uh i live in michigan i moved to california on a high school and just lived the whole socal lifestyle worked at a surf skate snow shop and just skated every day um and yeah i didn't yeah my sight loss didn't come till a bit later in life like my mid-20s that's when it kind of started to affect me and had a lot going on in my life um you know, I have a son. I had a son when I was young, when I was 21. So I had all these things kind of going on uh, along with my vision loss mm -hmm. that kind of took me out of skateboarding. So lost that for a couple years and took a while to kind of refine my identity and stuff like that as a blind person. So yeah, I'm 35 now. Uh, I live back in Michigan and Geez, yeah, I'm total blind now for about five years, and it's been a been a pretty wild ride. Yeah, I think well, we should tell fun you. Fact, yeah, <laughs> Sean and I are both thinking the same thought. I'm almost certain of it. We both, <laughs> we all have RP. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Except for except for our producer. <laughs> uh -huh. 
it's a requirement yeah. to work for blind beginnings no <laughs> RP <laughs> only yeah <laughs> but yeah. i was i was diagnosed when i was five um <clears throat> but didn't know until i was 12 and keisha what what how old i was you? uh super early onset kind of unusual case because i was diagnosed when i was a toddler and then like very progressively lost my vision in childhood whereas rp tends to hit usually later in life mm -hmm. yeah i could read print till i was 18 but yeah. had a pretty small little window i was looking through so it's kind of interesting your parents knew before you they you were 12 yeah oh it's yeah. kind of the whole basis for this organization they, they just didn't have a lot of support and didn't yeah. really know how do you tell a five-year-old she's going blind so they just thought mm, maybe we won't yeah. <laughs> until we have to and they really thought that if i knew that i would kind of shut down and give up on life and not try things so mm. i think that i would have it would have been nice i think i would have been better to have known sooner for sure but um yeah 12 is a lot you got a lot going on yeah exactly but she has a girl a lot of stuff going on and then put that on top is like yeah <laughs> yeah no doubt well i kind of want to i'm going to pull us back to skating a little bit here so oh well first of all i just thought it would be kind of fun um to throw this in there sean have you ever tried skateboarding i uh, same as you i my cousin had one when I was a teenager and I remember stepping on it, sliding a couple inches and freaking out. So I think we were close to the edge of a pool deck. It was actually oh. ironically in California where I tried it. Uh, that's the only time I ever encountered a skateboard. I have a sister. She wasn't into it. So yeah, it seems super fun. I thought I would love it, uh, but I was really scared to put both feet on at the same yeah. time <laughs> yeah well, and just like the whole skate culture too it seems like pretty pretty free spirit like kind of same idea as the snowboard culture um mm -hmm. just very yeah like breaking out of the breaking away from the man and all that <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah it was, i snowboarded snowboarding was kind of my first love when i was younger um and i actually read in a snowboard magazine that skateboarding can help during the summer you know yeah. And then I skated, started, picked up the skateboard a bit more, and then I kind of fell in love with that. Um, but yeah, kind of very similar, like you said, kind of, I mean, when I was younger, it was definitely like more of an outcast thing to do. So I enjoyed that part of it. Mm -hmm. um, not as popular and cool as it is nowadays, but. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I'm curious. How, so after you took a few years off and your vision got worse, like it's scary to go back and do things now now blind that you did when you had more vision and especially i feel like the more time that passes the scarier it becomes so how was that for you to get back on your skateboard and do it again yeah it was not too scary um i mean i had such a such a long time doing it um so it wasn't like very scary to kind of step on and try some basic things it's more scary now than i've progressed and started to do you know gnarlier and gnarlier things so but then it was no i was kind of on this kick of like just doing as many things as i could you couldn't you wouldn't think a blind person would do like through social media and stuff like that yeah yeah well yeah i definitely want to ask you a bit about that um because uh i know that you 
you create social media videos and you have your whole Instagram and you do, uh, you show a lot of your writing tricks on there. And um, among other things, I know, uh, well, I dug a little bit <laughs> more into <laughs> you, if you don't mind. <laughs> and um, I know you kind of said that you, you did some other kind of social media videos to kind of prove uh, kind of break um, stereotypes and stuff like that. And I'd, I'd love mm-hmm. to kind of know like what, what kind of your goal was and what kind of, you know, things you did try to like um, break off uh, stereotype wise. on social media. Yeah. It was just, I was annoyed with the difference in the way I saw people treating me as a blind person, mm-hmm. um, you know, inside you're still the same person. And yeah. So I just, it's kind of my way to push back against those things. Um, so I would do anything from like, you know, lawn games, like throwing, throwing bags or throwing a bullseye in darts or beer pong, all these random videos. <laughs> um, and skateboarding was just kind of a random one that I did one day. I built a little skate bench and filmed the trick on it. Um, and people really liked that. So I wasn't really, I wouldn't consider myself a skateboarder back, back at a skate as a skateboarder at that point quite yet um it took a little bit i filmed a few more videos and then kind of got motivated to film like a full length part which is you know what i love doing what i love growing up watching videos and stuff like that so you kind of go in the streets and you film all these single clips and then you put them all together to a song pretty much and you have your full length part so Mm. that motivated me to do that um and then i kind of really fell back in love with it and realized um, that it it still brought me happiness and I could still progress at it and still enjoy it. So yeah, yeah. That, but the videos were yeah, just like a a way to push back against the way people treated me and stuff like that. I'm seeing a really interesting parallel because I I don't know, um, and I might be going on a total side note here, but that whole like that kind of cultural um, thing about skateboarding being, um, you know, well, especially I guess back more in the day being kind of the way to like break away from the norm and stuff like that. And now that you're, you're doing this thing where you're showing that as a blind, you know, individual, you can still skateboard. And it's like, you're going back to that, back to that cultural subtext. Yeah. I never thought about it that way. Um, I mean, like, like I said, yeah, I did. I did. I was very drawn to that, that part of it. Um, And I do enjoy the, uh, you know, the shock factor that people get when they see me skate and stuff. It's cool. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Well, how has skating changed since you've lost your sight? Like, uh, what, what is it, what does it be like? I know that you probably had muscle memory, I'm gonna assume. Um, mm-hmm. But like, what kind of things have changed for you? And, and how do yeah. you do it now? Different. Yeah, how do you do it? You did it then. It's a lot different. Um, like the tricks that I do and my style of skating, the obstacles that I skate are much different than I used to skate. Um, you know, I used to skate much faster and like handrails and. What does that mean? Sorry for anybody who doesn't know what's what skating yeah. terms, <laughs> like handrails. What does that mean? Like literally the rail that would you would put your hand on to go down to walk downstairs. Like you, you're you riding your skate down. down that. Yeah. Like grinder slide down those. Yeah. Okay. So that was like my favorite thing to do. Um, and now I've become, I guess, more of a technical skater. So more skating like ledges or like, say like a bench you would sit on. I would skate that. 
Mm. Um, or flat bars is my favorite thing to skate, which is pretty much a, just a rail that's on the ground. Um, <laughs> you know, just mm-hmm. round flat bar is my favorite thing to do. Um, so it's just like I skate much slower. You know, I start very close to an obstacle, you know, one or two pushes away. And then um, I used to use, because I had a little residual vision back when I picked the board up again, where I would use like shadows or any kind of contrast between, say, like grass and a sidewalk. <clears throat> I could use that to help orientate myself. Then I lost that last bit of chunk, and that was a bit scary. So I kind of had to figure out, okay, how am I going to still skate and do the things I want to do? So I developed this kind of hand technique where I actually physically reach down and touch the obstacle with my free hand. So cane is in my right hand and left hand is, is, is open to actually feel an obstacle. And that really opened a lot of doors as far as becoming more technical and being able to really know where I am. Um, and actually just do more things like actually flip into tricks, like the board actually flips into tricks or flips down and stuff like that. So that's kind of my, patented hand technique. Um, and then other than that, it's like, you know, really scanning the area when I first get there with my cane and figuring out um, my ride up, my roll away, what's around me. And then uh, using anything I can in the environment to help orientate myself, whether it be cracks or the sound of a street, anything like that. Um, so just using all my other senses, you know, feeling, hearing, all those things. Well, and like that also sounds like a lot of orientation and mobility principles at play too. Mm-hmm. Um, like you're using very similar kind of landmark and and sensory training. Yeah, really yeah. Cool. yeah, a lot wow. of them. Um, probably, probably not the safest techniques, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did well, you I'm... did you have somebody teach you how to do this, or did you just figure <clears throat> it out yourself? Just figured it out myself. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't even know there were any other really blind skateboarders when I started. Um, I mean, the orientation mobility helped me a lot just in life. I had some O&M training through Leader Dogs for the Blind organization mm-hmm. down here in Rochester, Michigan. Mm-hmm. Um, spent two weeks there and that helped me as far as, you know, getting my independence back and stuff like that a lot. Um, mm-hmm. feeling more confident as a blind person. Um, yeah, moving, uh, completely independently was huge for me. So yeah. And then, but the skating was just all trial and error and figuring stuff out. Um, imagine there's not a mobility instructor that you can say, Hey, can you teach me how to skateboard? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. 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 Exactly. Have Um, have you taught anyone how to skateboard? Like any blind people? Yeah, actually, Anthony, we were just talking about Anthony Ferraro, my buddy, Anthony, um, I taught him pretty much everything I know. So him and now there's like a whole group of us that we've connected through social media. We actually have an annual, um, we started, this is the second year we did it where we just get a bunch of us together here in Michigan and we all skate together. Uh, this year, I think we had like seven of us total. So neat. Now there's like adaptive skate contests that we've started to go to. And I'm trying to make a push for the uh, Paralympics. Um, 2028 is the goal. So trying to grow the the um, adaptive skate community and get more people onto the contests and stuff. So wow. yeah, I love teaching. I have a, a foundation too, where I'm in the process of building a 
adapt fully adaptive skate park that's really designed around um, everything I've learned <clears throat> as a vision impaired skater. Mm-hmm. So the park itself is is more friendly for vision impaired skateboarders. And then I host workshops as well where I teach skating to the blind. I just did one with Adidas in Portland a couple weeks ago and wow. super fun. Super fun. And like what do, like in the with your adaptive skate park idea, like what kind of uh what kind of features do you have in there? Mm-hmm. Um, so like- the obstacles themselves, it's more the size of the obstacles that's the most important. Because mm-hmm. most uh, parks you go to, the ledge, for example, may be very short, maybe only six feet, you know, um, or two meters <laughs> uh, long. So it needs to be much longer so you can actually, you know, figure out where the start of the ledge is and then push feel the ledge and kind of figure out where you are in space and then hit the obstacle. So the ledges, quarter pipes are really wide. So you're not going to fly off the end of them and stuff like that. And then for, you know, most people have residual vision. So using good contrast within the park and then also auditory cues. So speakers within objects, beeper boxes and stuff like that. Oh, wow. Cool. Help orientate. Uh, um, just, just to help other people out. Um, what is like, what is a quarter pipe and like, what, what do you mean by like ledges just so I can. Yeah. The ledge I was saying, is just like a bench that you would sit on. Right. Yeah. Um, so you alley up or do whatever tricks you want into the ledge and grind or slide it. Mm-hmm. And then a quarter pipe is a, everyone knows what a half pipe is. I'm assuming it's just half of a half a pipe. So quarter pipe <laughs> so it's just one one wall of transition um usually with coping on it so um yeah. that sounds pretty cool did you like obviously I, I know you used your own experience probably to kind of develop this blueprint for this for this park and i uh did you kind of also con- confer with other skaters that you know who are in the community? And like, did you tap into like universal design principles with this? Um, not so much. It's all pretty much me. Yeah, cool. <laughs> um, I mean, I've had other people come and skate it and give me ideas and stuff like that. Um, I'm working with an organization out of, uh, I think they're based in Calgary called New Line Skate Parks. They build parks all over the U.S. and Canada, though. And uh, they helped me design it as far as getting blueprints and stuff like that. And then Adidas has actually um, just approved some funding to pour a bunch of concrete, which is big. Um, So it should be coming along this spring. It should hopefully be up and actually I'd be able to host workshops there. So that'll be exciting. I'm in the process of moving, though, because they're not letting me build build the structure that I want to build. I want to build a big pole barn so I can have it indoors as well. But yeah, funding's coming along and yeah. That's so cool. How long have you been working on this project? Oh, geez, like at least three years now. I started the foundation and hardest thing, I'm just in the hardest process now and that's raising the money. So it's all just mm-hmm. viewers like you, yeah. Uh, donations, <laughs> stuff like that. But all donations, 100% goes to the park, so. I just, I wanted to go backwards a little bit um, and just kind of ask you, I, I haven't like been able to like actually see, see your videos just for obvious reasons, but um, the, the way you use your cane, like I, I'm imagining because like, I would be 
personally so nervous bringing my cane into a sport like that because I'd be like, oh my God, I get my gut jabbed or what, what's going to happen <laughs> here. But how do you like, what do you do? Like, what is your cane doing when you're skating? I'm curious. Yeah, it's, I was very, in the beginning, I didn't want my cane in my videos. I thought it would be weird or awkward. And then I kind of over time realized that that's like the empowerment of it all, um, mm -hmm. especially for the sighted world to see, see the actual white cane. So it's a bit shorter. It's 54 inches. My normal walking around cane is 60 inches. It's all beat up. It's all bent and crooked. You know, they can break as quick as one day and yep. a couple of them, some of them will last a good three months, six months, um, just depending. I just buy cheap ones off whenever I can find them on sale on Amazon or whatever. Yeah. So it, I usually have the cane. It's in my backhand because I ride regular, which means my left foot is forward. Mm -hmm. So I have to kind of reach in across and in front of me um, to feel obstacles before I hit them. Um, so when you skate front side, that means the obstacle is in the in the front of you. And then there's backside when you skate something. So the obstacle is actually behind you. So when I skate backside, the cane, it's harder to do it because the cane is behind me. Um, and I have to kind of reach my hand behind me to feel the obstacle. Um, which kind of throws off your kind of throws off everything as opposed to the obstacle being right in front of you and everything kind of right there much easier to to manage mm -hmm. so the cane is it's a big thing um as far as like when i get onto a ledge or a rail um i kind of plant the cane on the ground which really helps me know um which direction i'm grinding and kind of if i'm leaning one way or the other way mm. Um, a lot of people think I'm using it for balance, but I'm not. It's more of a reference of where is the ground at and where am I, where am I going? Because yeah. um, without it, when you're actually grinding, you're, you can't tell as well um, which way you're leaning. It's very difficult, especially for long grinds. It's, it's hard because that's a lot of sight of looking kind of normally you'd be looking like to the horizon down the line to figure out kind of whether you're leaning right or left or something like that. Okay. So the cane kind of plants, um, and that gives me a reference of, yeah, where I'm at and in space and stuff like that. Um, and it's just flying all over the place, I guess. You know, I'm, I hit my filmer sometimes with it and stuff like that. <laughs> but, um, yeah, they're a pain. They break a lot. The tips, you know, break off and stuff like that. Gets expensive. I'm trying to get a cane sponsor. That's what I need. <laughs> <laughs> that would be pretty cool. Yeah. So you're not like trailing along the edge of the rail or anything to. I am. I am when I'm riding up, uh, riding up to something, I'll, I'll find it with the cane and it'll kind of drag along the side and then I'll reach down and touch it with my hand. And then pretty much as soon as I pop is when I plant the cane mm. kind of in one space and my arm will kind of stay with it. Um, as I grind, um, to give me that reference. Hmm. So yeah, it does slide along as I'm approaching and kind of figuring out my way to the obstacle. But once I pop, it's kind of staying in, in one area. Um, and, and some really long grinds, I'm actually creeping it along with me. So like planning it. And then as I, as it gets too far past my reach, I'll lift it up and replan it and lift it up and replan it. But that's, I've only had to do that like I've only done long enough grinds like three times to have to do that. <laughs> so, have you had some big wipeouts? 
yeah, yeah. Skateboarding's big, falling's a big part of skating. So right. So not it's not like more wipeouts because you're blind. No, just, I just I wouldn't say so. Yeah, just wipe because you can really go at your own pace, um, at your own level. You can keep it keep it pretty mellow. Um, it's 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 pretty safe, honestly, as long as you're keeping within your um, what's the word within your uh, you know abilities your abilities yes your level so mm-hmm. yeah and then you do have to push yourself every now and then and that's when it gets scary you know um, but yeah yeah I, I, I fall a lot for sure okay, <laughs> but so I skate so slow now I skate very very um, very thought out and very slow so when I do fall I don't have to fall too hard <clears throat> most yeah. of the most of the time when I'm skating you know there are times when you you really got to throw down so i i imagine people who enjoy this are adrenaline like like the adrenaline rush and i'm just wondering is it more of a rush or easier to get a, an adrenaline rush because you can't see <laughs> like i feel like um, just doing it in itself might might give you that push or that hit yeah just skating in general that's kind of what people fall in love with is the feeling of you know, learning and progressing and landing new things. Um, not really like an adrenaline junkie or kind of sport, I don't think. No, um, okay. it's more falling in love with the um, the trying something again and again and again, and then that relief and feeling of landing it. And it's like, yeah, the best feeling. And I mean, there are people who love. You know, there's a style of skating that is more like big handrails. I'm talking like like huge handrails that are like. <laughs> you know, 20 stairs long and stuff like that mm-hmm. uh, with like kinks in it. So they go down, flat, down, flat. Stuff like that. Um, so it's that style of skating or skating really big gaps where you're, you're really scared um, and you got to kind of get over that fear and really have to like a hundred percent commit to something. There is, the, there is those, those tricks um, that are definitely a more like adrenaline based feeling of when you're rolling away you're like man you're like glad it's over and it's it's a a crazy feeling so Mm -hmm. um but most of the time it's like that really long like trying and trying and trying and then just like landing it and it's more of a relief and overwhelming feeling of you of you achieved that thing so Mm -hmm. but i wouldn't say more that i'm blind it's the same as okay as when i was sighted because it's kind of the time i don't think about my blindness is when i'm skating i'm just just thinking about skating yeah yeah i i know like any like some of the more higher uh crazier sports that i do like sometimes the rush is taken out a little bit just because i'm so focused like trying to make sure i'm doing it right Mm -hmm. and like accessibility wise and then once you get nailed it's like okay now i can really have some fun Mm -hmm. Uh, I, i guess that's probably how it is just people learning how to do yeah for sure you definitely got to be in the zone when you're yeah doing stuff like this yeah what are some of your favorite tricks do these days um uh it changes you know day to day week to week you know whatever i'm working on i just like i don't know i'm really into flipping in to tricks so like the board actually flip leaves your feet flips and you have to catch it and land in different tricks so that's kind of what i've been focusing on the last last few months um kick flip is, is the trick i've been 
been uh, doing a lot of getting into different grinds and slides and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, do you have any like big, like kind of like, you're like, oh, if I can hit this, this trick or hit this feature, yeah. I'm going to be super stoked. Like what, what, um, what does that look like for you like, coming up? Yeah, I have a lot of, a lot of things I want to do. Um, I still feel like I'm new to, uh, skating and to blind skating, especially. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, there's a lot, there's a lot. I mean, I haven't done a handrail yet. That's definitely on my list, finding the right rail that fits me. So that's a big one that, I, that I'll definitely be relieved once I do. Um, aside from that, it's just really just progressing and taking it as far as I can and with the time I have. So getting older and older, it's harder. <laughs> yeah, keep pushing incorporated is your, is your initiative, right? Yep. Keep pushing inc.com. And if you want to donate and go to, I don't think I even have a donation link on that website. It's through my social media, um, through Dan, the Mancina on Instagram. Yes. There's a link in my profile to find that. Um, yeah, that's the best way. Follow me on social media and stuff like that. It's Dan the Mancina across the board. So Instagram, um, trying to push the YouTube right now and uh, TikTok and stuff like that. Um, you mentioned that. So Adidas is is kind of helping with this initiative, like sponsorship wise. Are you, are, do they sponsor you directly? Like, are you, uh, are you a sponsored skater? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm on the Adidas team. I'm on Adidas uh, team and... Um, bone swiss bearings and then the whole deluxe family which is real skateboards um who did that they did an action realized a special braille actually raised braille graphic on a board oh cool oh wow um, like did you request that or was that like yep help design it um it just came on again and uh they just do like kind of like runs every now and then of the board and then all of the or part of the proceeds go directly towards the uh foundation so Wow. What is the graphic? Like, what does it say? So it says, there's actually one behind me. I don't know if those who can see, you might be able to see it on the wall, but so it says Dan Mancina across the top and then real in the middle and then skateboards on the bottom. And then it has a, uh, what we call a beveled nose indicator. So a little kind of in, uh, like a carved out part on the nose. So you can tell which one is the nose or which one is the tail which is important when uh, <clears throat> when skating to know which one's the front of your board. Um, has that on it. And then, uh, yeah, it's their, what's known as their classic oval graphic. So it's like, um, usually it would say the name on the top, real in the middle in big letters, and then skateboards on the bottom. And then the real is um, circled by a big oval or it's within an oval. Wow. Um, That's so cool. Yeah, it's really, really, really proud of that one. It came out really good. Um, really stoked. Yeah, I've been very lucky to to have amazing sponsors that I've loved growing up. So it's a dream come true. Can people buy this accessible skateboard? Um, when it's available, yes. I think it's all sold out now. I believe we're going to do another another run of it, though. Yeah. And what if somebody wants to learn, like, what advice would you have for a visually impaired person who wants to try skateboarding yeah and just definitely go at your own pace um you know skateboarding can do anywhere you can find a really big open parking lot where there's nothing in your way um and just start learning how to push and stuff like that and then you can go to your local park there's parks all over the place nowadays um 
go to your local park and go early in the morning. It's less crowded or you can even go at night. If you're blind, it doesn't really matter then. So sometimes I like to do that, but most parks close. So you gotta be careful with that. Um, but I would say find your local skate shop too. You can find a local shop. You can, you can actually hire somebody to get skate lessons if you wanted to. Hmm. Um, but I mean, skateboarding is most of us, we all just learn by just getting aboard and going to parking lot or local spot or something like that and just kind of get into it and really go at your own pace and do whatever's fun. Um, that's what it's all about. That's so cool. And I have one more question too. So if you're if you're a visually impaired skater or you're learning how or you're interested and you have either buddies who skate or you're asking your your friend who can who's decided to assist you like um in your experience like you know what are kind of some some things that you ask your if you have a if you have a sighted person helping you out like what are some things that you're like can you let me know about this or can you let me know about this? yeah it, that can help a lot um as far as progressing faster is just having someone hey where are my feet supposed to be or where are my feet are supposed to you know go and stuff like that um that's the main thing foot placement um mm -hmm can really help you kind of which way you should be leaning. You know, if you get someone who knows what they're doing, they can really help you as far as like, yeah, where's your weight supposed to be when you're doing things like when you're dropping in all that stuff. Um, yeah, that can help a lot. And skate parks are super, super, um, it's been nothing but, but positive when I go to a park, I was very intimidated. Um, the first, you know, first year of really doing it of going to a park and wondering yeah am i just going to be in people's way or stuff like that um but slowly you learn the kind of the etiquette you know there is a skate park etiquette of of when you should go everyone kind of takes their turns and stuff like that um and you'll you'll jump in the find the groove really quick um meet some cool people and and yeah i'm, I'm positive you'll find uh <clears throat> people are going to be very helpful and help you out learning and all that stuff what about like orienting yourself to the skate park? Like when everyone else is there, how do you get a sense of the lay of the land and where the rails are and the ledges? Yeah, yeah, yeah you don't want to do that when it's three o'clock on a Saturday for sure. Right. Um, yeah, you want to go go early. Skate park's usually empty, especially really early. So you want to walk it out and yeah, feel all the features and figure out, you know, orientation and stuff like that so when you get turned around and you run in oh i know where i am now i know what this obstacle is and that means that thing's over there and that thing's over there so mm -hmm. yeah you gotta walk gotta walk the park every day for sure when i go to a park um you know people will set up random like cones and parking blocks and trash cans you got to make sure things aren't moved around and really scan your area before you you just jump right into it again every day for sure well uh this has been super fascinating. Um, you're definitely the first person I've spoken to who's a visually impaired skater. Uh, so oh. super, super cool. I really appreciate that we were able to talk with you and that you shared your uh, story with us. Cool. Thanks. I appreciate it very much. Yeah. And you can follow along my journey through all my social media. Um, my podcast with Anthony too is Four Bad Eyes. Um, we talk about all of our journeys. We travel a lot together and skate together and everything we have going on is fun to listen to. So that's awesome. Definitely yeah. check that out. Podcasts are great. Yeah. I love them. So yeah, <laughs> we do too. <laughs> uh -huh. Yes.
Thanks so much, Dan, for joining us. And, and thank you, Keisha, for bringing Dan to Limitless. <laughs> Thanks. I feel like awesome. it's a very good fit for our, our Limitless podcast. Yeah. Cool. Yes. Had a great time. I appreciate, appreciate your time. And you guys did a great job. Thank you. Yeah. Good luck with your skate park. I, I feel like I want to come and check that out sometime. Yeah. yeah. One day you get out here. Yeah, for sure. Awesome. You've been listening to Limitless, the Blind Beginnings podcast. If you have a question, a comment, a future topic request, please send us an email to limitless at blindbeginnings.ca. Please share our podcast, like, subscribe, and join us next time. This podcast has been brought to you by Blind Beginnings, an organization based in Vancouver, Canada, that supports children and youth who are blind or partially sighted, along with their families. Music for this podcast is composed by Sean Bishop and Clement Chow. Production and audio editing by Rob Minot. For more information about Blind Beginnings and the work it does to support children and youth who are blind and partially sighted, along with their families, visit us on the web at www.blindbeginnings.ca and also remember to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We thank you for joining us and we look forward to seeing you next time.